everyone. Welcome to Still With You. My name is Coley Browning, and I am so excited that you've joined me for another episode of the podcast. You might be thinking, wow, we have another episode coming out a week sooner than expected. With the season of being sheltered in place and social distancing due to what's happening with COVID-19, I am having some extra free time at my house and I have been praying and I feel like the Lord has asked me to go ahead and release a few episodes, not on the bi-weekly schedule, but on the weekly schedule. So we're going to take it week by week and just see how this goes. I have some other projects that I am working on that might come in to factor in the future. But right now, I feel like the Lord's just saying, go ahead and release. And so that's what you guys are going to get today. I am so excited because my friend Lisa Z. Blady is on the show. I know her just as Lisa because she and I have been in many small groups together and she's a very close friend of mine. She was a friend of mine before she became an author. And now I am so excited to see how God is using her in big ways. I'm just going to be real with you guys. This is a season where a lot of people, especially our married friends, are hanging out at their house. There's been many jokes about it, but I think we can expect an influx of babies that are going to be born in the next nine months. And for those of you who are possibly in the season of having a child, you need to pay attention to my conversation with Lisa because she is a author and she wrote a book on prayer strategies for millennial parents, sons and daughters emerging. She is so wise and has done the the work to show you how to pray for your child. I'm going to go ahead and answer the question that you're probably already thinking. I've already had my child. I'm not pregnant. That's okay because your child is growing every single day and God is developing new things in them. And I think that this is a wonderful book still for you if you have a young child. I am not a parent and I read Sons and Daughters Emerging cover to cover. There is something so miraculous about the gift of life and how we need to protect and pray for life in every form. Pick up a copy and continue listening. I'm so excited for you guys to meet my beautiful, amazing friend, Lisa Blady. Lisa, I have to know, when was the moment that you knew that you had to write Sons and Daughters Emerging? So when I'm walking out the apartment, and it's one of those times where you just have those moments where you know like God was speaking to you, you know, where you were, what you were looking at. And I remember staring at the wall as I was walking out and just seeing, you know, God asking me, why aren't you praying for this baby? And so we went through this very quick dialogue. Like, you know, I I don't, I never would have thought about praying for this baby. Uh, This was for my daughter-in-law. She was pregnant with Uh their first child. I just kind of started putting things together, not realizing that, hey, I'm going to write a book. I just thought it was like a really cool idea. Well, let me just download this app and figure out what's going on, you know, every week. And so, oh, I'll just, I'll just pray every time something gets developed in this little baby, you know? And so then it turned into, I put an Excel spreadsheet together and it was like, okay, there's like 40 weeks. Okay. Well, the baby's about this size. Okay. Well then this is what's getting developed. Oh, well then how would I pray for the liver? How would I pray for the brain? So it got very kind of granular. And then she delivers, you know, she has the baby in July of 2015. I'm just looking at this little girl and I'm like going like, this is crazy. Like mm-hmm. I was like, of all the things I was like amazed at her kneecaps, you know, I'm like looking Why? at her knees. I don't know because there's just so much that goes into every single part of this baby. This is like her kneecaps. I mean, I think about what's going on, like to create that and just looking at her thighs and her legs. I'm like, this is amazing. We go through all that. Well, then the next year she's pregnant again. God, again, he says, why aren't you praying for this baby? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? So that was in 16 
2016, something like that. And then January of 17, I go to this prayer meeting. You're in Pensacola at this time? I'm in in Pensacola. Yeah, I had been in Pensacola. I would always go to this Christian luncheon in Destin, and this one particular church would come, and she would speak, the the pastor would speak, and she would just talk about things that were going on, very prophetic and stuff. And she's like, if you want to stay and get prayer, you can do that. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to stay. I go up to Ned Merriman and his wife, and he prays something, and I'm going, okay. And then so she's like, hmm. She goes, do you write? Are you a writer? I'm like, yeah, I'm writing a book. And I had always said, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book. But it was still kind of very much, I think this is just my idea. It's kind of cool. And people were like, oh, yeah, Lisa, good for you. You're writing this book. Oh, my gosh. And she said, I feel like God's telling you that you need to, you need to write this book. Yeah. And that he's got his hand on you for this particular season. And so then I just, I'm freaking out. She did had no idea I had no idea that this was a God moving on my heart to do something. I thought this was just kind of like just a thing that I was going to do and just put it on, you know, some paper and, and just pray. But he had some much bigger plans. I finished all that, finished off the year. And then our second grandbaby, my second grandbaby was uh-huh. born. And then now we go up to January of 18 and I go to that same Christian lunch, same church, different person. I go up for prayer. And so she starts, you know, and that writer anointing inside of you is going to come up and it's going to be on fire and it's going to be quick and God's going to speak to you. And you're going to, and I'm like going, okay, what? (laughs) It just blew me away. Again, they were talking about this book. And so I had been working on it. So this has kind of been brewing since what, 2015 and we're 2019 going into 2020. I had just kind of been working on it and working on it, but just knew that it wasn't the right time for this book to be birthed. And I just knew that I knew that I knew that God was going to say, this is the time. And when we turned the corner in 2019, I knew that this was the year. Um, October 1, it went live and it got published. God wants prayer over this generation. There's a, a scripture in there. I think it's like, what is it? Psalm 118. Yeah. And it says for um, a generation that's yet to be created. And I mean, the title of the book is A Prayer Strategy for Millennial Parents, Sons and Daughters Emerging. So it's specifically for this time when yeah. the people of my age are starting to have children. Oh, it's Psalm 102.18. Let this be written for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. I love that. Mm. I mean, I always prayed because I got saved when my son was maybe 18 months, two years, something like that. He was really kind of young. So we kind of grew up in the Lord together and surely never once thought about praying while I was pregnant for him. You know, I was going through so much right there. I I wasn't a Christian. And I remember, in fact, someone saying, trust God with your finances. And I remember laughing, going, trust God. Like the closest thing I'm coming to trusting God with my money is hiding money in the Bible, you know, because I would never go there to look for anything. So I got saved when he was very young. And, you know, at that point, I was just 100% all in. I prayed over him every single night. He went to a private Christian school. We were always in church. And we just kind of grew up learning about the Lord together, but it just never dawned on me just to pray every week as a different organ was getting developed. Because one of the things that when God was asking me, why aren't you praying for this baby? I guess I kind of thought as we grow up, there's always people that'll come to us and say, oh, we'll pray for so-and-so, their liver or their kidney or their brain or their blood or their arm or whatever, or people, you know, people that have passed away that have been in completely good health, just something that was 
predisposition for, you know, something in their bloodline or whatever, and they died suddenly or whatever, where they didn't know about it. And I thought, well, what if we pray as this thing is getting developed? That way it doesn't have an, an opportunity and a chance to get into the next generation. Yeah. And I just kind of, that just kind of blew my mind. I'm like, this week he could be creating her brain or this week he could be creating her lungs or her, her, I mean like everything he knew us in the secret place and he saw us and he fashioned us. So I was like, well, literally this week he's building this and literally next week he's going to be building this. Mm -hmm. You know, in a way it kind of became being like a gatekeeper. It's like, nope. Cancer can't go another generation, mm. being a watchman on the wall and just looking to see, you know, well, in the past, this has always happened. And I see that this is a pattern. So we're going to stop that. I see on Instagram where women will post pictures, little things like my baby's the size of a squash or a baby carrot or like an olive. Your book is, is talking about the details of mm-hmm. the pregnancy. Well, I think, you know, with social media and stuff, there's all kind of new apps that can help us to learn of what's going on. 30 years ago, when I was having my son, you know, there weren't those type of uh, resources and stuff. And you kind of relied on certain books and stuff that are out there. But I think there's just an intrigue just to share of what's going on in the womb with everyone else and just to learn. And there's not a lot of focus on, okay, well, taking what's getting developed and saying, okay, well, let's pray over that. So we've got a healthy baby, but also, you know, healthy organs, things that have happened generationally with sicknesses and diseases as patterns in our family and to pray over those specific things. There is nothing better than having a staple accessory that you do not want to take off. I'm talking about jewelry. My friend Quinn Sharp is a Coast Guard wife and she makes the most beautiful handmade jewelry. I am obsessed with all of her collection because it's not only handmade, but also her work is inspired by nature. I am a Midwest girl living on the Gulf Coast, so I love anything ocean and inspired by my surroundings of palm trees and beautiful minerals. You're going to love each piece in her collection. And Quinn is treating you guys to 20% off your entire order when you visit quinsharp.com. So all you have to do is use the code still with you at checkout and you'll get 20% off your entire order. I love how Quinn is always creating new styles, but again, keeping it basic because I like minimal jewelry, but I also like to shine. She gets it. Go check out quinsharp.com. And again, use the code still with you to get 20% off at checkout quinsharp.com. Every expectant mother needs to have this in their hands. Say that they have it in their hands. How do they use it? Can you explain that? One of the cool things that I wanted was it's it's kind of like a devotional and it's kind of like a keepsake that you can pass on to your child at a certain age that would make sense. One of the things I love is like just hearing those pages of the Bible like early in the morning with yes. coffee and stuff. And I just love having that time to just sit and without distractions, if you can have it and stuff, and just hear what God is saying. And so the book is kind of designed to be able to say those prayers every morning, but then like a question for you to stop and just kind of meditate just randomly. And it could be something of, have you thought of a prayer for your family around the kitchen table? Or have you thought about declaring good things over your child, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're going to do in their life? My husband and I at the time and stuff had a name picked out for my son, but never once did I think, well, what did that name really mean? Or is that what, you know, God, what do you say that I should name this child? I don't know, just like random questions for you to think, just kind of 
think over and stuff every week of the pregnancy. And another thing was to take verses and scriptures out of the Bible and just show people how to pray that through. Because a lot of times we'll read a scripture, but then we don't know, okay, so then what does that even mean? And how do I turn that into a prayer? So it's really for people too, that maybe don't have a relationship with the Lord that can take scriptures and see that this is how you would pray it out over your own life and over your child or whatever. A lot of people that might pick up this book may not have a relationship with God. It's just kind of a good drawing the line and a good starting point for them to discover that relationship, discover their purpose. God really is with them. God really does have a, a plan. And no matter how you got there, how you're pregnant, even if it was good, if it was traumatic or what, that God's going to work something through that. And so it, it's a good healing resource as mm. you as you read through it and then you know, spend time answering those questions each day of the week. What did your daughter-in-law feel or say when you told her that you were writing this book? Because she's on the cover. She is on the cover. And I think everyone at first was like, just kind of roll the eyes a little bit like, oh gosh, okay, yeah, good, Lisa. Like I don't think they really put much thought into it. And then I just kept moving forward with it and stuff. And then it just kind of became a reality. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the end of it. They were going for a photo shoot. And I told the photographer, I said, hey, this is what I want to do. I don't want to put a stranger on the cover. I want to make it personal. I love that you did it personal. And then I thought, I can't surprise them with it. Because what if they don't want their picture on the cover? <laughs> and it them. goes thousands and of copies later. <laughs> and then thousand copies later, then they're like, ah. So they were fine with it. I gave the person that did the cover like some options and stuff. And then they chose that one. And I love, I love that. That's their third dog. Daughter, Hayes, Anna Lynn, and my daughter-in-law. And this is on Pensacola Beach, the picture? That's on 30A. That's, 38, okay, yeah, Florida, I though. Near, I think we were at, I don't even know, Rosemary, Seaside, Watercolor, one of those, uh-huh. somewhere on 30A. Well, <laughs> I want, since we're talking about the cover, I want to talk about just the book, like the texture of the book, how the layout, everything is so clean, so sharp. <laughs> it's like that matte cover that I love. Like, it's so nice to hold in your hand, like perfect font. And I need to know, who's your illustrator? Who did the, the little, the feet and the little so the cover was done by nelly perez uh-huh. and the illustrations within the book yeah was with the measuring miriam, tape yeah that was miriam douglas i had reached out to her there was a lot more pictures and stuff that i wanted to put in there and then once we started putting it together it was like you know what this just needs to be simple one of the things when i was developing the book was just remembering where I was at a certain point in my life when I was just going through a lot of trauma. I couldn't read a lot. My brain was just fried. I was just sad. We had talked about that earlier. Like all I did was just color. Like I got a coloring book and I just started coloring because I just needed my brain to quit thinking and I just needed it to slow down. And I thought about women that were in a like a trauma pregnancy situation. The books that I found that were out there of praying through, they were just real thick and a lot of words. When you're in a real traumatic type situation, it's hard to start dissecting that down and you just get so much coming at you you can't hit the pause button and stuff so I wanted things to kind of be very simple so that if you were in that kind of crisis pregnancy situation and a lot of trauma that it was just simple and you could slow down and you can read it and you weren't just being engulfed with words and daily it's not a lot of homework it's enough where you can sit down and have a discussion question you have your the devotional for the week and then you have your questions for every day yeah and it feels like it's enough of a moment to remember but it doesn't feel like too much it feels like such a healthy stable layout one of the things that it does too is that it directs you to my website Sons and Daughters Emerge. Oh, yeah, the videos. So there's a video for every week that just kind of coincides with what is
is going on. But like it might be worship music or it might be a teaching or it might be something that's telling you, hey, this is what's going on in your pregnancy. And a lot of times it's just worship. For my pregnancy, every night, so I had a Walkman and I had classical music on and I put it on my belly and I played it over my belly every single night for my pregnancy. My son today is a worship leader. Yeah. And he loves worship and he's going to write music and he's going to change the world with his music. I think about that when I think about the worship songs and for people to take that music and just play it on their belly so that their baby can just be engaged with it. And just, you know, you're just connecting with your unborn child at a completely different level. And, and you've seen the YouTube videos, the, the baby's born like within minutes and the baby is recognizing the dad's voice. There's a neat clip in there in one of the weeks of Lou Giglio and he's talking about laminin mm-hmm. and how just one of the cells and what does it look like and it's just amazing. And so it's just really cool. There's just a, a lot of neat uh, links every single week for the, the mother to mm-hmm. kind of connect with God and also with their baby. I've told you this before, but you know, two of my favorite questions that uh-huh. I would have never thought <laughs> about in how a woman who is pregnant might feel mm-hmm. is when you ask the questions, have you told anyone you're pregnant right. and why or why not? Right. And then also you ask is like, do you feel like you should be bigger or smaller than what you are? You ask another question, like, are you comfortable saying that you're carrying a child? Yeah. Like those are very sensitive questions. Like where did that come from? How did, how did questions remember? I mean, there was like, I look back and I read some of the stuff. I'm like, oh, that's like really good. (laughs) Lisa, that feels so personal. I know. Those questions feel so personal. Well, I mean, think about it. Like if you have had miscarriages, yeah. multiple miscarriages and you're like, you know, I just don't want to believe again. I remember there was something going on at church and it was, we're going to help with this particular fund and we're going to believe God for this. And I remember going to my prayer partner at the time going, can I just give and not believe for anything? Because it just hurts too much to pray for something and believe for it. And then it just doesn't happen mm-hmm. because hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's, it's hard to get it to just to, well, I don't want to say anything. If I don't say anything, then I won't disappoint myself and I won't be hurt again, you know, so I'll just ignore it or I'll just, you know, cover it, whatever. But it's this, it says something, you know, to just to speak life over the life that's inside of you to bring that out. The enemy wants to keep a lot of that darkness and hidden and stuff. So that's where a lot of that mental trauma and that burden comes from saying that, you know what, I am, I'm expecting a baby and we're going to believe the best. And I started the book in 2015 kind of with the idea. And then it really kind of started becoming flesh in 2016 and didn't even start really probably putting questions down in 2018, let's say mid 2018 and stuff. So now it's just a year later. And some of those questions I've changed because one of them was, how would you feel if someone tried to tell your child they were neither a boy or a girl? And I had to go back and change that Mm -hmm. to say, how will you handle it? Or how will you feel? Or how will you react when someone tells your child that you're neither, they're neither a boy or a girl? I remember reading that question, my heart sunk. Right. I love that you were that bold to foresee the attack of the enemy. That's the other thing is you pray for the generations, even that that child will see and we won't see. You lead the parents into praying for their spouse and their Mm -hmm. children's children. We're praying over three sections, the physical healing of our body to stop the forward motion of disease, the spiritual sin patterns from our ancestors, and then uh, a discerning of a spiritual disconnect that Mm -hmm. you may have as a parent with God and that you have with other people that are in your lives and other people 
people that you bring into your lives. You're kind of acting like a watchman on the wall. And I never thought about it this way, but like there's two sides of the wall. And I always just kind of like pictured the watchman just like looking out and going, okay, you're leaning in, you're seeing what's different and stuff. But the other side of the wall is, you know, that's your family and that's the ones that you're protecting. Sometimes I think the first thing to do is to kind of look on that side of the wall and discern who are your closest companions right now? Who do you have in your life that probably need to go and clear that out and then look to see, okay, so who are the people that I'm allowing to come in my life that maybe could disrupt and then decreeing and declaring, you know, back into your family, generational blessings and stuff. And that's what happens when you get to the third trimester. You're starting to now decree things to that child instead of just like praying. My granddaughter, I remember saying, she's going to have a voice that breaks silence. Yeah. This is way before she was old enough to do anything. And next thing you know, like she's screaming all the time just, and we're just like, I'm laughing going, oh my gosh, like she literally has a voice that breaks silence yeah. and stuff. But in a way it's good that she's a leader because she's going to speak things out that are not right and people are going to be safe around her because she is not afraid to speak up. It's that kind of thing that you start shifting into the third trimester of this book. You're just decreeing over your child of the things that you want to see, the promises and the blessings and stuff in their life. Hey friends, I'm interrupting my conversation with Lisa to talk about one of my favorite things besides cold brew coffee, candles. I love filling my home and office spaces with fragrances that inspire me. I've tried so many scents and styles, but I keep coming back to Gold and Ivy Company. Gold and Ivy candles are all hand poured in Nashville, Tennessee with 100% American grown soy wax for a clean and eco-friendly burn. Their beautiful candles are always vegan, cruelty free, fulfate free, and petroleum free so that you never have to sacrifice your health for your home fragrance. Plus, they are packaged in the cutest amber colored jars that will look perfect in any part of your home or workspace. Gold and Ivy just released their spring collection sharing an array of irresistible new scents from Indigo to Santorini. Guys, I am madly in love with this latest collection and my friends at Gold and Ivy want you to share in the same experience. They are offering 20% off your entire purchase when you use the code STILLWITHYOU at checkout. Again, this is 20% off your entire purchase when you visit goldenivy.com and use the code still with you. Currently burning in my office today is their scent bloom. This has notes of lily, grapefruit, and musk. I was feeling all springsy, so I decided to smell some bloom today. <laughs> Why settle for less when you can live in a world lit by candles and snuggle under blankets? Get your own gold and ivy candle today. Visit goldenivy.com and don't forget to use the code still with you for 20% at checkout. Again, goldenivy.com. How do people like me who do not have children assist in this process of praying over someone we know who Mm -hmm. is pregnant? How can we best love them? How can we best do our part in covering them in prayer? I mean, I think the book would serve a purpose for even people that are not pregnant. But if you know someone else, I've had people buy the book that I'm like, well, you already had the baby. She's like, no, but we're going to pray anyway, you know, every week for all of these things and stuff. I think the book serves its purpose, you know, that you can do that along the way. Just being open and having ears to hear because we can all hear from God. And I think just having wisdom to say, God, how do you want me to pray for this baby? What is it that you see in this child 
and what's a prayer focus and stuff that I can go to. I've had like God just drop in my heart about each of my granddaughters about something like so specific. And I'm like, going, you know, I just kind of, oh, you know, whatever. And the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I'm like watching that personality and that character trait walk out in their lives. God will speak to you if you ask him just like, okay, so how do you want me to pray for this baby and for this mom and, you know, what's going on with them or even the siblings and how they can be a part? I think if you would have asked me like growing up, I would not have thought this way, but the more I'm learning about like the miracle of life and how mm-hmm. much stuff is happening, like even in the womb, like this book seriously like taught me so much. Like, I don't know I'm how- I'm like the six million eggs, right? It blew me away. When you are carrying a daughter- a little girl, she's got six million eggs already in her body. I love that. Like God is like already preparing the next generation. You haven't even had that that daughter yet, that child. God's preparing that next generation. My, my uh, daughter-in-law's mom said, so you're telling me that basically I was carrying my granddaughters, my grandchildren <laughs> when yeah. I was pregnant? It's, Isn't it amazing? It's amazing. Like, like it's incredible. Like, amazing. like I'm looking here at week 10. Like your baby is the size of a prune. Week 11, your baby's ovaries are developing. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you have a little girl. And like then, week 18, um, you will start to feel your baby move around. Um, the five senses are beginning to become more alert. Week 25, blood vessels are developing in the lungs. It blew me away. When we, I feel like if we learn more about that, we're going to see the world differently. I already, from reading this book, uh-huh. like cover to cover, uh-huh. My heart has changed from how even when like I'm grocery shopping and I see a woman who's showing like I'm like things are happening in the unknown, which is so God too. like how he works in the mystery of things. I know. How did you research all of this? Because I feel like you have to have like the mind of a like a doctor. Like I'm serious. You like to put all of that on paper. You have devoted so many hours to learning all of this. It did kind of take. Because what didn't end up in the book? I know. The information (laughs) that you learned. You know what I mean? (laughs) I've got two more that I want to do. I didn't want to do one for siblings and I want to do another one for grandparents. That's yeah. more on a spiritual thing, kind of like in Genesis where I will uh, bless you to a thousand generations or I will have that curses from the third and fourth generation is up to, to be that prayer person that's at the gate and at the wa- be in that watchman and stuff going, okay, so my grandchildren aren't going to go through the things that I had to go through. So trying to find, okay, well, what is the scripture that talks about the liver? Yeah. What's, you know, and what's the scripture that talks about the brain? So it did kind of take a little bit of digging. And- this cannot be yeah. your only book. I know that you have more in you. How are you personally handling being an author? Like the press kits and the things that you're creating and marketing like aside from like how are you doing personally with all this because it feels like bam like it happened so quick and the next thing we know like you're being interviewed like is in dallas and you have that interview like you had so many we did so much of a rush with this it's kind of neat that i don't know like I, i just never realized that i had a gift for writing i mean i don't know how i barely passed english you know kind of thing but God will give me like a picture of something and I'm going, okay, well that makes sense. And once I start writing it out, I'm like going, okay, like this is like really good. And so this is really what you're trying to show me. I've been spending a lot more time just pulling up things that I've started in the past and kind of just developing it and just thinking, you know, God, who's going to who's gonna read this? His answer to me is like, it's not about people reading it. It's about you doing this and, mm. and hearing from me and writing it down and capturing it. And what do you want it to look like and stuff? So I really, I kind of feel like he's downloading a lot of information and just training me on writing and hearing from him. And then we're going to see what the next book kind of looks like and stuff. I just think things are going to kind of explode in a way that I wasn't um, yeah. explaining. 
Yeah, I wasn't expecting. Interesting that you said it's not about how people receive this, but it's about what God's doing in me. Right. It's about me doing it. It's yeah. not about people reading it. It's about me doing it. But yeah, the blogs and stuff and just the other things that he's putting inside of me and stuff. Yeah. But we'd be crazy to think that like people aren't going to be blessed by this. Like no, you bless awesome. this girl, this childless girl already <laughs> to like, to completely pray over people differently and think about things. I remember when I first got to know you, we were doing Tracy Shinnick's Watch the Rampart study. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that you shared, I think it was even in one of our first conversations that you were writing this book. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then that summer we walked with Tracy as her nephew Lysander was fighting for his little life. Yeah. I will never forget you. Um, I think we were even at the Bixby's house and you Mm -hmm. started to pray over the organ in the body that like with the toxins, like the toxins would leave his body. Oh yeah. Like these very specific prayers. Oh wow. And I was, I was like, what is happening? Because she is like (laughs) praying over these body parts that I didn't even know would do these things. I remember like in that moment thinking like, Oh, that's why she's writing this book. She's carrying this weight for these, these these little babies. These little babies. Yeah. It's just amazing. Like when you just when you hold that baby in your arms and you're like, this like just started out with one cell. This egg got fertilized. And they're like, here we are. It's just like it's a it's a miracle. It's yeah. just amazing. It's just a miracle. To break it down and to go, you know what? Let's not have what happened in the generation before happen again. Whether it's a sin pattern or whether it's like a physical ailment, you know, everyone in my family's always had cancer. So it's just an expectation that will happen or, you know, heart failure at such an early age or, mm. or this. Why don't we just, you know, stop at that very specific moment and just say, you know what, they're going to have healthy bones and they're going to have a good heart and there's not going to be any bitterness and unforgiveness and we're just going to be strengthened and we're going to have the heart of Christ and the mind of Christ and, yeah. and the vision. And I feel like I've learned so much from you by you carrying that attitude of that, like, we speak life no matter what and that our words carry such weight. Absolutely. And also, I will never forget when even, I think it was through that study in Also Freedom, when you gave me, like, the nickname, like, the Weeping Prophet. I know! Because I would just, I would come to group every single time and just cry. Do you remember that? I do! I'm like, oh, I I don't know why that just, I thought about it during the week, and I'm like going, oh my god, that is, like, so cold. (laughs) Because I just come to group and just just talk. I know, just, like, these big crocodile tears that just roll down my (laughs) face as y'all just loved on me. That was such a sweet time. I'll never forget that, you know? know. You have such a big heart. So moldable and pliable and your heart breaks for the things that break that that breaks God's heart and he can use that and he loves that that's my prayer I really do want to be used by him but also it's such a joy at the same time when we can catch even a glimpse of how he feels for us sons and daughters emerging 100% does that because it's a book about the details and that is what God's all about I think the thing that's cool too is that it kind of opens a discussion to you're birthing a baby or you're birthing a dream. Just like God gives you that seed of a dream and it takes time in that dark place to get that thing to, you know, birthed from the idea that you have into the first trimester. It's painful, you know, and it, there's a lot of work and you're, you're, you're maybe sick, just like the morning sickness and you're just trying to get this thing developed. You just don't want to move forward up until like you have that baby at that nine months and then you finally have that dream come to fruition. And it kind of parallels that as well of the birthing of a baby, but also the birthing of a dream yeah. of what God is trying to do inside of you because 
he gives you the idea, but it's not the baby. It's the idea. It's mm-hmm. the seed that you have to go and develop the whole way through. And some of the things you go through with pregnancy is you're going to go through with the birthing of a dream. And that waiting, and, too. Yeah. Like, and then the, with the baby, though, of a physical baby, I mean, we may not all be believers, but I think everyone wants to lead their children with something better than what they had. You don't want them to go through the same struggles. And yeah, we've all grown and we've become better because of it and stuff. But if I can pray those things through... And not have my children or my grandchildren. So one of my granddaughters had a, had a bad dream one night and she, she had a, like a nightmare. I was just like, this is crazy because like I always had nightmares as a kid. And then my son would have nightmares. And then now my granddaughter. So I'm like, this is like, hey, three generations. And I think, you know, God speaks to us through, their, through our dreams and stuff. But the enemy also tries to come and attack us and torment us sometimes through those dreams. And I just remember being at the house and just sitting on the side of her bed, sitting on the edge and just praying over her that she wouldn't have bad dreams. I felt like that that gatekeeper again, yeah. like, you know, Satan, you're not going to come into another gender. Because I know how that feels is to wake up and you know, you're screaming and having night terrors or whatever. And just to stand there and to be that guard and to be aware of those things that you can pray over and stop. That's just one of the many things that I've learned as being your friend. I'm like, well, why does it have to be that way? You think about that. Well, I don't know who said that. I've just always believed it. I was like, well, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who told you that you were always blank? You know? Yeah. That's hard work. And I know that we've talked about that you went through like a season of like inner healing. I know that had to be so difficult for you to walk through, but like what a gift to us on the other side Mm. of you being able to pour into us because you did the hard work to ask God to heal you from the inside out. That was funny because that was one of the things that was prayed over me that he's healed me and he was going to help me to heal others. Going into that inner healing season was this is the threshing floor and it's staying here. Like I'm not coming out of this thing in this, however long it was, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, you know, every single week for two hours and doing the homework and stuff. It's like, I'm not coming out the same person that came in. And a lot of times like we go through things and like there's pain, you think, oh, well, it's associated with this immediate event. And it's not, it's about something that happened 15, 20 years ago that we we never dealt with or we didn't know we needed to deal with. And now it's showing up in this particular relationship and stuff. And that was kind of what had happened with me. I'm like, I'm going into this inner healing thing and we're going to talk about this person because this is the pain, this is immediate. And it was like, had nothing to do with that. The Holy Spirit says, no, we're going to talk about this is what happened to you when you were in the backyard and you were eight years old and whatever. And it's like, oh, and then when you deal with that, everything else starts to fall in line. You start to say, oh, okay, well, that was my dysfunction and that was my pain, you know, of how I was reacting and whatever. And so you're healed 10 times better (laughs) than if you would have just dealt with this immediate relationship. Easier said than done, but so worth it. Yeah. Thank you so much for (laughs) writing this. Sincerely, I can't imagine how many homes this is just going to put a whole new perspective on it and bring people together. How do people connect with you? I have my Instagram is pregnancy prayer book um but also have a website sons and daughters emerging and and all this will be in the show notes for people to find but just as we're talking i want them to remember it yeah so on there i mean they can order the book and stuff and then i've also got other blogs and stuff that i'm going to post fast as i can get them downloaded from heaven yeah (laughs) come on do you need to share about how you make all my crooked way straight oh my gosh that is a crazy story so i went through a really just heartbreak. And I'll just leave it like that. Like in 2009 and I was driving down the road in sales. So I was always on the road and God just put, I'm gonna make a crooked places straight, just random. And I barely remembered 
if that was even a scripture in the Bible. And I was like, okay. And then that next morning or something, I got a devotional from Joel Olstein or whatever. And it was something about Crooked Places Straight. That night I was walking before a Wednesday night service and I heard it again. And then I went to the Wednesday night service and this woman comes up and was talking to me and praying. And she said, I never do this. And she said, but like this morning I was just like driving to work and it was this really crooked road. And I just thought, man, this is like crazy. Like if it wasn't so crooked, like if it was just straight, I could get there so much faster. She's like crooked places, something about crooked places straight. And I'm just, it just has continually come up. And that was the word that God was giving me in that season. Mm -hmm. He was going to make my crooked places straight. It was, you know, are you going to give me a yes or are you going to give me a no? Like, and then just recently got a prophetic word from that same church that gave me the, you know, and she, one of the last things she said was, you know, I'm going to make, you know, your crooked places straight. And I was just like, he just c- continues mm-hmm. to just drop that in to just let me know that it is me in all these different places. And as yeah. far as though you think that you're away from me, I'm so close to you. All the things that were wrong, he has just cleared out. And he's just giving me a straight path. And how beautiful that you added it to your signature with Lily's. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just, I don't know. That's just like heaven's thing. Oh, it's so good. Because the show is called Still With You. I would love to know, Lisa, where is God still with you? I think what I've been doing a lot lately is just learning, you know, wisdom and discernment from Mm -hmm. him. How to discern, you know, things in people and in myself and in the word. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. (laughs) I was listening to Alex Seeley talk about this morning about how we can pray for discernment. Because I don't feel like that's a very strong spiritual gift that I have. It's hard for me just because I think I lead with such vigor and encouragement and give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's something that I want more of that. That's got to be the best prayer request. It's like, just God, give me wisdom on things and stuff, because that just solves so much, you know, wisdom and friendship, wisdom of what's really going on. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. That's God still with me, teaching me about wisdom and discernment, all that. Well, hey, I just hope it keeps downloading so you can keep sharing. (laughs) And like, thanks for always having such a positive spirit about you. Like, I know that we joke, but I call you like my Cajun queen. Like, <laughs> you're one of my few friends who are from Louisiana, Aww. like part of Louisiana. Yeah. I mean, you're going to you, have to come down and have some crawfish with us. I want to. I've never <laughs> had Louisiana is gumbo either. Like, I've had gumbo, but uh-huh. I've had like Florida gumbo. Oh, no. In fact, I was funny. I was going to make you some gumbo today. Were you so really? I was, seriously, uh, so that you can take home for you and your husband and stuff. But I just didn't have a ta- enough time. I came back from Destin, and I barely had enough time to get to work. Well, so. we're going to have to do, <laughs> do that because I've never had it, and I'm, like, fascinated by Southern culture and, like, New Orleans culture now that I'm here, and I yeah. feel like I'm planted here for a while. Like, uh-huh. I'm going to embrace it. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Well, I love you. I love You're such you. a sweet friend. Thank you. <laughs> Oh my goodness, do you not just love Lisa? I have learned so much from her just in being her friend and watching how she walks in life. I want to share this. The other day, I called Lisa and was telling her that I'm going to be releasing the episode a little bit sooner than expected. And I just felt like the Lord speak that there's just a blooming. This book sprouted up and bloomed the right time to protect life through prayer. And it was crazy because as she was taking my phone call, she was walking around a nursery, a 
nursery full of plants. And I love just how the Lord works in such a sweet and kind way. Guys, please read this book. Pray for your nieces, your nephews, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your sons, your daughters. They matter. Life matters. If you need more information, you can connect with Lisa by going to her website. I am Lily's. Lily is spelled L-E-L-I-S. So that's IamLilies.com. And again, you can find that in the show notes, which some are in the podcast description, but there's more content on my website, ColeyBrowning.com. There's always more information there for you to find. If not my website, you can connect with me on social media. I am always there. My handle is at Coley Browning. That's K-O-H-L-I-E. I'm Browning like the rifle. Again, I would love to connect with you, pray for you, and encourage you in any way possible. Before we leave, I want to say a special thanks to my friend Lily Gurr for blessing us always with her music. You're listening to Lifted from her album, It's All Beautiful, right here. Make sure you connect with her at her website, lilygaray.com. I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're just going to take things week to week here in my house. And in my household, we serve the Lord, and I know that He is a week-by-week God, just as Lisa talked about how things change within the body of a baby, (laughs) change within the body of Christ week-to-week. That's why we just have to be so dependent on Jesus. So know that I am here for you guys, and even more so, Jesus is the Almighty here for you all. We just have to press in and trust. Right where you're at, be bold, be brave, be you. And remember that He is still with you. Uh